0: joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails, because you're listening to Blade
1: What's up, Black lights and welcome to another edition of Blazin'. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Black, and this is a very special edition of Blazin' because uh, instead of sitting in my little home office with my recorder, I'm actually chilling in the Affliction Studios with my good friend, Jose Mangan, what's up, Jose? Yeah,
0: Bobby Black, blazing with Bobby Black. Hey, Bobby, <laughs> hey, Bobby it's fucking, fucking great to be back here, Bobby. I'm fucking Bobby Black. You and I go way back. How's that your wedding? Remember that, Bobby?
1: Uh, you keep talking like that, people are going to think you're like an old blues artist or something. <laughs> oh,
0: well, you know, Bobby, you and me, we've been blazing some time now. Eh? It's, been, it's been great to have you out here on the West Coast now, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: If you guys can't tell, we have already been uh, hitting the, uh, hitting the joint pretty hard before we started recording. Um, as but, uh, we
2: always should, Bobby dude. I mean every time I, I think of Bobby Black, I think of um, I think the world's most famous stoner. Uh, honestly, I've, I'm I'm proud to to have worked with you and been uh, friends with you for a long time uh, through SiriusXM and beyond, uh, working together. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that stuff. But it's just cool to to be around you every time. I know that you're in the room or nearby or coming. I know I'm gonna have some. Well, you can smoke. you can smell me coming usually. I can, yeah, yeah, but I don't even have to even oh, open my nose. And to breathe in because I know that you're always gonna come blazing. I mean, every time I see you, man. I remember the one time uh, was at that one show. Was it Three Inches of Blood in New York City? Yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> and and, and uh, I remember we went around the corner and you had the best smoke. You were like, "Hey, eh, I got some." Blueberry, something or blackberries, chocolate or something. I don't I don't know what it was. Do you well, remember?
1: I don't remember what strain it was. It was, but something. I remember that night because it was pretty wild. Because we came, we went around the corner to smoke and we came back and the guy didn't want to let us in the bouncer, and he's like, "I'm not, you can't come back in." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "You were smoking weed. I like we were doing it around the corner. We didn't do it in front of the club. I mean, we were respectful. We we didn't do it inside and we didn't do it in front." And he's just like, "I ain't letting you you in and blah blah blah." And I was like. Are you freaking kidding? Yeah, me? I'm and, I'm Bobby Black man from I, High Times. And he didn't know but like the guy who was like the main booker like one of the managers there was a friend of ours. Yep. He was a big fan of High Times and so I I texted him and he came out and and he told told the guy, oh, I remember what the bouncer said. He, I said, he said, I'm Bobby Black. and He said, I don't care if you're God. You ain't getting back in here. That
0: was the and quote. Then,
1: and then the guy comes out and he basically tells the guy, let them in. Let them in. You but know? I had left You before. had already left. I had left because I was See, just you nervous. you missed the best part because what? he came out and he told basically belittled the bouncer a little bit and he was like, you need to let him in. And he let him in. And he. the guy apologized to me. He was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, well, I was paranoid because <laughs> I had stuff on me. And then I'm like, and then you're going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. We're both going to get in trouble. I was like, fuck, man. Ah, okay. Well, what is he going to do? He's a bouncer. He, can't, you know he what? can't arrest but us. But it made me feel all weird because, dude, like you had some crazy fucking. Stinky stuff. Some yeah. You always do. And you had it that time. And I remember just how hmm. like, I got so baked and then. And then I got so nervous when they wouldn't let us back in and they were like making us all, and then we were, it was like a scene. There was like a little scene happening right yeah. there we were like, oh shit, oh shit.
1: I've been used to that though, man. You know, yeah. and I got to say, you know, people out here in California, you guys are a little spoiled because you're around the stinky, yeah. amazing weed all the time. But yes, back in New beautiful. York, it's, I'm not saying you can't find it, but you're either paying like crazy retail for it, you know, most people, or they don't have access to it. And I was fortunate enough to know growers and know... I got my weed from growers and stuff so I always had good stuff. I mean, yeah. how could I not? That's my no, job as you, the high guy from high times. I had to go had around to. and get people you high. You know? That's why
2: I always knew, Bobby. Every time I would see it would be like, "Oh, this is he's going to have some really amazing <laughs> stuff." Because in New York, you're right, dude, for years it was just like whatever you can get. It didn't doesn't you don't it doesn't matter what you want. It's like, "Well, what can I get?" Well, you get this or this? And I'm like, oh,
1: well, I'll, I'll take that. And see, most people were buying their weed retail and you got yeah. a delivery guy, came over with a little little glass jar, a little plastic capsule of whatever, and you were getting decent stuff, but you were paying through the nose for it, $75 a freaking little thing. You know? never and never did
2: delivery in New York. Well, is well, that, good is for you. Was that the yeah. most
1: popular way? Is that how everybody got it? A lot of people in New York, not the people I knew. Like I said, we were fortunate working yeah. at High Times. We, we got our weed I from growers went, and stuff. I always went to my dude.
2: And I went and picked it up. Oh yeah, yeah. And I that's went unusual. Over
1: there. I think I it, think that was unusual for the city.
2: Well, I think I did it because he was my friend. Well, uh, yeah, and, well, that's and so, cool. Though. And and I wanted to go, <laughs> and I would see other people in the office, and he worked in a in a in a bigger office, um, popular management office for rock music. And so um, I would go in there, and it was just a kind of a cool thing. But I would always go to him. Yeah. And so sometimes I would just meet him in the freaking elevator, in the freight elevator, all weird. It was always like real sketchy sometimes. Like, doing that. And I'd be freaking out yeah. when I was, like, coming back and, and stuff. But California life is so beautiful, Bobby. Yeah,
1: it sure is. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I've been out here. I'm so happy we got to finally hang out. Yeah. I've been out here since May, but you're such a busy guy, it's hard to get a hold For those of you guys out there who don't know, I should really fill people in on who you yeah, are. Like, who uh, the because the this, is this isn't guy? your show, see? You're used to people knowing who you are because you're talking and it's your audience. But this is my audience yeah. now. So we should who let people know. Jose Jose Mangan is... Uh, uh, what is your title at Sirius? You're, like, program director, metal director? Uh, I'm a director
2: uh, of music programming. Programming, and, okay. uh And then I'm also on-air talent, uh, Octane Liquid Metal.
1: Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jose, if you listen to... If you have Sirius Radio, you know who Jose is already. I mean, he's been... The main metal dude for so many years, uh, Octane and Liquid Metal, and before that, heart attack. Yeah, which is how I got to meet Jose, which was back in the day. It uh, was uh, 2004, if I'm not uh if I'm not mistaken. How did we
2: meet? How did this happen? So
1: it happened because you decided you wanted to do a, a special on 420 for heart attack, and you wanted to do a Stoner Rock Day, Contact High Day, and you, I guess, knew Xena or somebody at High Times, and she said. Hey, they're looking for somebody to do like a interview from high times on the radio. Do you want to go? And I said, yeah. And I went up and I was your guest and it was, that's it. Who was with us? Was it Rick, Natasha? Who was with me? Oh yeah. Maybe Natasha, Natasha, right? Yeah. And we went up and we did this interview with you and you were interviewing us for the show. Yes. And afterwards, you know, you and I just hit it off so quickly. So well, you know, we both love metal. We both love weed. Yep. And, uh, and we were both living in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, we were talking and you were just like, hey, do you want, do you want to do a show? Because you found out I did a radio show in college and all that. And you were like, do you want to do a show? I'm like, yeah, of course. I, I would love to do a show. Are you really offering me a show? You know, so – and. Within a few months, yeah. I got trained and I was on the air yeah. doing a show and I was doing Contact High. There and you go. I did Contact High for four years, 2004 to 2008. Yep. And it was so much fun. We had such a great uh, fans and an audience and everything. And, Joey
2: uh, uh, in Phoenix. Joey
1: Van Cherry. Yeah. yeah I, I,
2: he was I, my number one fan. I think I've seen him somewhere. Did I see him somewhere? I think he came up to me, Bobby, like in the last year or so. And he was like, hey, what's up? It's Joey uh, from Phoenix. And he said his last name. And, and I was like, whoa, yeah. dude.
1: He yeah. and his wife were my most religious listeners. Yes. And they used to send me birthday cards Christmas and like cards gifts, and Christmas yeah. cards and stuff. So cool. And uh, yeah, they, no, he was, he's a cool dude. He's still uh, I still contact with him on social yep. media and stuff. But uh, so anyway, that's how we met, and that's how our relationship, our friendship, developed. And of course, we got to go to lots of cool shows and parties together, hanging out backstage, getting bands high.
2: Yeah, lots, lots of that stuff. And I also went to Bobby's wedding. My wife Melissa and I. You did to the uh, Catskills in New York. It was uh, at the full moon. Yeah, resort, Uh, resort. Was Uh, that not the stoniest wedding you've ever been to? I've (laughs) never been to anything like that. That 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 wedding was a a, is a freaking story of legends, dude. I mean, Bobby's the way it it was set up, and yet it was it was a weed Wiccan wedding. Yeah, And, and and there was like trees and swords and weed. And uh, and, it was, uh, and then family and, yeah. and friends and there was like kids dancing around and then right about five feet over uh, a nice little circle of dudes and chicks like smoking weed. Yes,
1: yeah, some and, people there's there's a few people in my family that I don't think were very happy.
2: About I'm that. sure, dude, because it was uh, definitely really alternative, dude. It was not. Well, there normal. was no
1: there was no hiding there was no hiding no. of it, and that it shouldn't be. I mean, this is our day. This is our relationship. My wife and I met at the cannabis cup in Amsterdam. We are a cannabis couple. We love weed, we're not ashamed of who we are, why? You know what I mean? So you know, it ain't gonna kill uh, a kid to see some people smoking. Oh a no, joint. no, so it's medicine. Get it's over it, medicine. No, no, <laughs> get it was over great. it. It was great, dude. Yeah. Uh,
2: um So, what? Your family hasn't talked to you? Are there certain certain members? <laughs> no,
1: no, we we talk. It's fine. Are you sure,
2: it's fine. I, you know, there's one person that doesn't uh, no, talk to you they anymore.
1: Just, no, 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 they talk to me. They just, uh <laughs> I just don't. Th- I think Bobby it was,
2: was. You used to be such a good boy, and then you had oh, that no. wedding, and no. I don't know about you. I anymore. was, <laughs> I was never a
1: good boy. They knew, they knew me who I was from world on I was growing my hair at 12 years old and I was pentagram wearing yeah, motherfucker all that stuff so uh yeah I was always the black sheep but uh that's all good man they they that's know cool. who they well, knew who they were doing It was with.
2: a really fun wedding I remember we uh it, it it was different for us my wife's a little bougie uh <laughs> I I I would say and I remember we had we were staying and there was several different houses on this property and right. we were in one of the homes there and there was also like three or four other couples that were there and we had to share a bathroom yeah i remember uh that part was like i remember she freaked out yeah <laughs> melissa was like she was like Where, where's our bathroom And i was like oh i, I think i think it's in, in the hallway and then it was like we're, we're sharing a bathroom and i'm like hey yeah, yeah i think so you know and then so uh i remember the the cold it, we ran out of hot water oh, uh, cuz we were the last ones to take showers cuz we waited cuz everybody got in and it was they, they were using it so couples were using it and you, then somebody yeah, else couple would use it and then we missed it cuz we were smoking or doing something <laughs> and then we would come back we were like fuck you know it's we're getting uh, close to time and so we were the last well, couple in the house to take I a, hope it wasn't too uncomfortable
1: or traumatic No no dude it
2: was fun it was fun we had a you great time You know the thing time, is dude. when you
1: when you book a place like that you have to fill all the rooms yeah, and so we yeah. made it but it was easier because this way everybody could drink and hang out nobody had to leave and that go was, to a hotel cool. or anything and know. it was
2: very nice the grounds there uh, there was just a lot of cool things to do and and it was very it was different and also very cool and, and uh, oh. uh Relaxing, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, it was fun. man. Well, let's
1: stop talking about my wedding. We're here to talk about you. You're the Bobby guest Black, here, man. You're no, the we're, guest we're, here. We're,
2: you know, giving giving everyone uh, a nice little story of what, yeah. uh, what it is to till now. You know, yeah, man. But uh, so let's talk a little about
1: you. You have you have a. I get tired just watching your career online, <laughs> dude. I mean, aside from being the like the main rock guy at Sirius, you also uh, work. Obviously, we're here in Affliction Studios at their headquarters here in Seal Beach and uh you know you are like one of their main brand ambassadors so you're doing the affliction stuff yep. and then do you still do the 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 latin tv stuff or not so much anymore
2: uh latin nation i did that for 8 years and it was a syndicated latino news magazine show like half hour and me and a really cool girl jazzy we would uh, introduce stories on latinos that did cool things in music sports entertainment community whatever uh so no i haven't done that in, in many years they actually yeah. moved the operations from new york city to la and they were like, "Okay, we're moving. Thanks, Jose. Bye." And I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, well, oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, eight years. Okay, bye. Like, uh, bye. You know, it was like. But you got so much else going no, 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 no. on. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, it was. It was. I liked doing the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was more like I paid money, and, and and it took a lot of time for me to do that show all the time. I had to come into the city, and I always had to be, be shaved and ready, camera ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, sometimes you just want to be lazy, and you don't want to fucking <laughs> shave and pluck and fucking, you know, paint <laughs> hair and cut hair and all that stuff. So, uh, and, and, you know, be, a, be ready for camera, but, uh, yeah, affliction, dude, uh, vice president here now, uh, of affliction. So, um, brand ambassador, artist relations, uh, VP, uh, I do basically whatever the owners need me to do. Uh, and I can do whatever I do because everything I do is affliction. Uh, yeah. I'm in affliction. Um, uh, my operations is based out of, uh, our headquarters in seal beach here, um, I just, I represent the, the company. If I'm doing a, a festival, uh, Chicago open air fest and I'm hosting it, I'm fucking, I have a bunch of affliction, cool shirts that I'm giving out to fans, listeners, uh, subscribers, people that are super stoked to, to meet me, uh, or bands and, and friends of mine. They're like, Oh, that's a cool jacket. Oh, well I brought you guys some stuff here. Oh, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. And so that's what I do for affliction. Uh, get all the art today. I was hanging out with Goldberg. He's actor, WWE yeah, yeah. wrestler, uh, TV host, big time dude, and yeah, he's a, he's a friend, and he came up, and we did a uh, piece for my Octane show, and he did some training in our gym over here, which I don't think you've seen. I haven't showed it to you. There's yeah. a crazy gym over here on the side, and uh, he was doing some training, and we were filming it, doing some Facebook Live stuff, uh, getting content. Uh, he's one of our big brand ambassadors, and he's uh, doing a big WWE event. You know, I throw events here uh, for my friends in like Testament, yeah. and tacos, and, and, and tequila, and modelos. Uh, and the store is open so that all the people that are here getting drunk, drinking free alcohol, you know, spend some money. We give them half off when we have these events, so everybody's buying all sorts of cool clothes. You know, people are stoked about that, and I'm doing it for Testament and to celebrate one of my favorite bands and their new album and to do something cool with those guys, but then um, Affliction's benefiting. Yeah, You know, we're looking cool. We're through through the big fucking... Oh, check out this flyer, the big taco metal party after, <laughs> after Black Sabbath uh, right at on. OzFest. Uh, Ozzy, Sharon, Kelly came to the party, Slipknot, Disturbed came to the party, and it was a big thing, and I started it last year, and I told Affliction, hey, I want to, I moved out here last year, it's been a year and like four months that we moved from New Jersey out to California, but I just told them, I want to throw a party, and uh, I want to have tacos and, and beer and tequila there, and, uh, and music, and I'll host it, and give out some cool stuff, and owners were like, "That's awesome. And I was like, yeah. "Well, can can, can you, is it cool? You you guys pay for it?" And, stuff. <laughs> and then they were like, "Yeah, dude, no, this is great. Do yeah. it, man. Yeah, let's let's do it, man. What do we need?" And so that, and I was like, "Whoa, oh, oh, okay, wow." And <laughs> so this was last year, so it's great to be able to do cool things. We love to do this stuff, and and they support the things that I do. Yeah. So that's what I do here at Affliction and things like that.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because it's it's amazing when I hear like that you have uh, like a company and resources like behind you and willing to do those kind of things. I always wish that high times would have done that. Like I had so many ideas and so many things that I wanted to do like that. And there just was never the, there was never the support. There was never the, the money. There was never anything that they were willing to invest in my ideas or some of the other employees ideas. And I always was bummed about that because I thought that high times should have been doing cool stuff like that. And you know, it was a, always a bummer to me, but um,
2: I feel like corporate stuff is you guys are definitely probably more corporate, I think there's more people in the line of command. I don't know. I it, mean, wasn't, I, it wasn't. It wasn't back I work, then. I don't know. I don't know what it's like owner, now. You know, it's here. more
1: corporate now. Okay. Now that I'm. I mean, I've been gone for a while over about a year now. But uh, you know, it's definitely more corporate now. But um, it used to be a lot of fun. But there just wasn't the same kind of support for like new ideas and things well, like you're talking about, it, which I think is is fantastic.
2: Well, for Sirius XM too. I mean, uh, it, it's been it's been really hard being the metal dude there forever. I mean. You know how much we got abused there, and how much we really weren't, and it wasn't. We were low on the totem pole. I mean, even though we were cool and popular and loud and proud, we were still, you know, when they're looking at things to spend money on, uh, you know, well, let's let's do this dance festival, let's do this um, alternative fest, and this another alternative fest, and this and this alt alt fest, and <laughs> then then there's this this alti alt fest, and it's just like where all the money's going to. But no, you know, we, we metal and. I just stopped asking, you know. Sometimes, and I'm just doing stuff myself. You know, I go out to shows, festivals, I host things, and do all this stuff. And Sirius doesn't ever—I don't ever get an expense or reimbursed. I don't. uh, I go to shows, and I get content for Sirius, and nothing is paid back to me. I've never ever. ever, Wow, I didn't know that. All all the stuff over the years, Bobby. Everything I've done, dude. I've never ever, um, because I feel like it's part of just my duty as a as someone that's a massive a flag holder for the music you know if there's a, a an opportunity to get some content or something from somebody to get them on the radio to help support them uh, and their fans and the label or whatever then i'm, I'm gonna go do it you know i'm, I'm doing yeah. it because i'm a fan i'm a fan i'm a fan i'm a fan so that's why i, I want to see the channel uh, do good as a fan you know not so much for business because if it was business then it's money right then it's like well how much is this and then this this it's not in the budget not in the budget i just just do shit Right. Well, I was
1: I was the same way with high times. Yeah, I was course, the same you, you way Like they, it. they didn't they didn't reimburse me for everything. I was I was out being an, a brand ambassador for high times all the time, getting bands high, going backstage, you know, hooking people up. Yeah. You know, Imagine all that kind of stuff
2: for hey, man. I got this cool eighth and I bought this pipe at the freaking pipe store. You know, could, would, you, would you expense that kind of stuff? I've
1: expensed weed before. Yeah. But it, it oh, mi- that's it's so mi- cool. Miscellaneous expenses or props is usually oh, what goes on the bi- you dude, know.
2: in my whole life, I've never expensed weed. Oh, I've haven't.
1: definitely expensed weed for sure. That's high cool. Times, yeah.
2: Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Of course you have to, though. You it's have to. Times. If you're doing
1: a photo shoot with a big name person and yeah. you got to have weed to shoot them with. Yeah. Tara Patrick, I did the photo shoot with her. She was naked in a bed full of buds in Vegas, in a suite in Vegas. I arranged the whole thing. We had a big party afterwards, but beforehand we did the photo shoot. Her hu- husband at the time, Evan from Biohazard, yep. shot the photos. And uh, Oh, he
2: shot the photos? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm in there. It's just it's just
1: me, Evan, and his wife. No. And she's naked on the bed with her, the weed. With her J and everything? Oh, full on, yeah.
2: She didn't open up her J and put no, butts in there. Oh.
1: No, come on, dude. <laughs> That's not nah, dude. Nah, yeah.
2: What? That's nah, not hot. No, nah, Tara
1: Patrick's cool, man. I got. It. She's she's a cool chick, but uh, she's a big stoner. But uh,
2: that's cool. I knew that. I knew that because of you. Yeah, yeah. I saw her on the cover of High Times. Yeah, right? that yeah, was that yeah. was all me, that was man. You. That yeah. was my
1: thing. But. Uh, I've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff at High I know. Times. You've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff at Sirius, and we've gotten yes. to do some cool stuff together yes, over sir. the years, yes, too. Yes, sir. And you, uh, you actually uh, you mentioned uh, Testament have the new album coming out. I just interviewed Chuck Billy for my podcast last yep. week. Nice. Uh, and uh, we talked about that, and we talked about the time they played in studio at Sirius. And I was front row and I got to see them through the glass of the, the you know, the studio yep. and everything. It was freaking
2: awesome, yeah. dude. It Testament's was one of the best bands I know. Unbelievable, a yeah. Fan. And I love how on the new album, Brotherhood of the Snake, there's a song dedicated to cannabis called Canna Business." Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you talked about it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah we talked about uh, it. And it's on here because Chuck has his own uh, vaporizing yep. pen company. We talked uh, about that. The Chief. And wha- the Chief. Yeah. Uh, I actually have one. Do you have one? I have one, yes. Oh, you I have a okay. signed one, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I had an extra one upstairs. I was yeah. going to make sure you had one.
1: Right on. No, I have one. Oh, but that's uh, cool. But yeah, we yeah. talked about the album and everything. And, you know, and- Chuck
2: was the first person to ever smoke hash with me. Really? Yes, ever in my whole life, man. I've only heard of hash and I never smoked wow. it until I was like uh, 18, 19 years old, Tucson, Arizona, Best Western Hotel, after Testament played. It was uh, my first big interview in college radio. And I had my micro cassette recorder and yeah. I was nervous. And it was with Chuck. And I met him at the hotel room after the show, which was really kind of sketchy and weird for a yeah. journalist. You don't normally would, wouldn't do that. You'd probably <laughs> do it at the, at the show before the show started or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I went afterwards and it was late. And, and uh, yeah, he was like, Hey man, he gave me a Foster's. I remember he offered me a Foster's like, Whoa, I'm drinking with Testament. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a beer. And then he said, you want to smoke? You smoke weed. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, of course I do. And then he's like, you want to smoke hash? And I was like, well, and in my head, like, I kind of stalled for a second because I was like, whoa, like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course, Chuck. But in my head, I was scared. I was like, whoa, what is hash? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I knew, but I didn't know because I never smoked it. Yeah. And and that was one of the first time I did right there. So, and I started smoking weed when I was in eighth grade, summer of eighth grade to freshman year. So, however old that is, what, 13? Yeah. What is that? No, my daughter's 13. So, she's about to go to high school next year. So yeah, 13 14 14 in that in that I think that was 14 then.
1: And and do you remember the exact circumstances of who you yeah. were with and what yeah. happened and
2: Well, I uh i there's two cool big first weed stories for me. The first time that I knew what it was and I smelled it and and it was offered to me. Uh I remember that one real vividly. It was after Anthrax and that was my very first metal concert in my life. 6th grade. And um Phoenix, Arizona, at the Compton Terrace on the Indian Reservation, south of Phoenix. And a really cool place. They had shows there in the 90s and and whatnot. And I remember going, my first show, we drove four hours north from Douglas, Arizona, on the Mexican border to Phoenix. And then we were there after Anthrax set. We were uh, sitting in the um, grass area of the amphitheater. And it was my cousin David and his friend Bob. And they were my cousin was six years older than me. A cool dude, like, I always looked up to him as, like, my... He was the guy that got me into rock music. He was yeah. the dude that set it all off when I was a little kid in kindergarten. But, uh, so I was at the show, and it was after anthrax, and we were sitting there, and then Bob lit up, I thought, it was a cigarette. And, um, I didn't even really think about it at the time, you know? And then I was, like, next to him, and then he, he was taking some hits and stuff, and then I was just kind of just sitting there, you know, little kid, waiting for Aunt Iron Maiden to come wow. on stage and my my friend or this guy Bob offered me to join he's like hey you want some and then my cousin said what the fuck are you doing and like hit him and they like got really pissed off at him he was like dude it's my cousin man it's my little cousin no dude don't fucking offer him that and at that that is when it went off in my head and i was like oh that's marijuana <laughs> whoa <laughs> Like I didn't, I think I maybe smelled it before. I didn't know what it really, I don't know. It was my, yeah. that was my first experience with, whoa. But you didn't get
1: to try it. No, I he, didn't. He cock you,
2: and But I didn't want to. Yeah, because like, you were too young. You didn't, I was too yeah, young I and I was scared and yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't even, I didn't even, I wasn't even mad at my cousin. I was like kind of grateful. Yeah, yeah, I don't like, know. I was scared, dude. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then that was, um, That was the very first time. And then years later, between eighth grade and ninth grade, I was with my friend, uh, Michael Grubb, rest in peace, brother. He was a drummer in our band for many, many years and uh, older. He was two years older than me, two and a half. And then we were in his bedroom listening to Primus Sailing Seas of Cheese album. (laughs) And we were sitting there and uh, there was this cat uh, that I had just got from um, next door. His uh, neighbor sold me a, a little Siamese cat. And I had this little cat, and we were listening to Primus album, and we were just sitting there, and he he was like, "Hey, you want want to smoke weed?" And I, and I knew that he did because he had asked me before about it, and I was I kind of never really said yes or nothing, or I never pursued it. And he was like, "You want to smoke?" And I was like, "I mean, all right, okay, yeah, I'll I'll try." It. And then he's like, this is your first time? I was like, yeah, you know. And he was like, oh, man. So he was super excited, just like I was when I got everybody else high for the first time forever. And all these people. Yeah. But uh, he, so Michael, uh, we went outside um, and he had this uh, cut off from a hose, uh, this, the, the, the tip of a hose, uh, <laughs> the garden hose. Yeah. And he, and he packed that up and then we went back into his, um, into his room and we, and we smoked. And I was weirded out that we were smoking in his room with his mom and grandma like there in the house but they had older he was the youngest boy of like four sons and yeah. so i think they were just like whatever at that yeah. point but i was like cuz cr- like your mom is here dude. i kept on saying dude he's like oh it's cool dude it's cool don't worry and i i was getting real paranoid cuz his yeah, mom yeah. was there and his grandma and it's like just fa- i can hear commotion outside there's people right there and so we smoked this thing and i remember you know, I don't remember getting, I don't remember if I was super high or not. I mean, I was, but I, it wasn't, it wasn't like this tremendous thing, like the first time that I dabbed or something like that. It wasn't yeah. this crazy thing. And I remember just playing with this little cat that I had just got and then listening to the Primus album and Tommy the Cat came on and then I named, we named our, my, I named my cat Tommy the Cat all baked <laughs> for the first time uh, at my friend's house. So that that's, was, that was the first time.
1: That's cool, man. I, I'm sure I've told you the story before, but if I haven't, uh, my my first time was very metal also. Extremely metal. So I was uh, – as a young kid, I, I found rock through my parents' record collection. I Your found. parents are cool, Yeah, by the Zeppelin. Way. They had Sabbath, Zeppelin, Floyd. They have all that in their record collection. So I started listening at like 10, 11 years old to like this different music, wonder, like exploring it and, and discovering it for myself. And then what happened was I was at junior high school and I had started – Decided I wanted to be a rocker, and I didn't know any other rockers, but I I decided that's what I wanted to do. So I had started getting, like, pins, and I, so I show up at sc- junior high school, and I'm like, you know, the only other kids in school that are rocker kids are, like, two or three kids that are, like, older, and they're the kids that all the teachers told you you're not supposed – don't hang out with those guys. Stay away from them. Of they're course. bad news. Yes. They're bad news. So, of course, they saw me, like, starting to grow my hair out and, like, with Zeppelin pins – and they come over to me and they're like, you know, oh, you like Led, you like Led Zeppelin, huh? And they're like, oh yeah, you know. So, I started to be they befriended me. And uh, one day during lunch, they like, oh, come out with us. And we snuck out of the schoolyard and we went down the block and we went downstairs. And he's like, hey, light it up, light it up. And that was my first joint. And they handed me the joint. I did a couple hits. And then I had just gotten finished the joint and I was like, you know, starting to feel it. You know, some people say they don't get high the first time. I did. I got high. And, uh, so the dude goes, so you like, uh, you like Led Zeppelin, you like Black Sabbath, huh? He's like, yeah. He's like, what about Metallica? I said, what's that? <laughs> he goes, listen to this. And he puts the headphones from the Walkman. This was like yes. a cassette Walkman back in the day. He puts the headphones on my head and he goes, listen to this. And he pushes play. And it was fight fire with fire. It was ride the ah. lightning. And it was the first time I had ever heard Metallica. So I'm listening to academy, <namon initiatives> the nice little yes. opening. And then all of a sudden, <gums> <cheater speech> and I was just like, What is this? Like, and that was it. Like from that moment on, listening to that to Metallica high for the first, first time. time I, wow. I was like, so cool. this is it, that's it, I'm a metalhead, done. <laughs> like it was sold, signed, sealed, delivered, you know, like that was it. So that was my first pod experience and of course it just got, you know, developed from there. And then you became
2: and- a PhD in it, dude, so... <laughs> That's cool. cool, man. Metallically your first time. Wow. That's yeah. that's heavy. That's yeah. that can be a real that can be real traumatic too, you know? but uh, well, I no. mean in a good way. Look it what happened. Was,
1: it was amazing.
2: But yeah. look what happened. You're still a long hair, freaking heathen. Yeah. Long hair headbanger.
1: Weed and weed and metal are, are yeah. my identity. And, and that's you got most he- of and you what got I headphones
2: love. on right now too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're high so we're, right on right full on circle man cool man all all man, these cool, years man later
1: well we're gonna i'm gonna take a quick break uh for a word from our sponsor we'll be right back with more from Jose Mangan here on
0: Blazin
1: all right and we are back Bobby Black here with uh Jose Mangan uh yeah. from go, hitting the stuff, hitting the vapor pen here Fuck at uh, affliction studios in Seal Beach Jose's home base of operations for his serious radio career and for his affliction uh representation hosting all uh these amazing events get i watch you and i'm just like i mean i have a people know that i've had a pretty cool life i've had a lot i've gotten to meet a lot of cool people but you're one of the few people that i get to look at and go i wish i was jose (laughs) i
2: do that's you know i oh man i'm so blessed and, and lucky to do the things that i do and i do hear that a lot uh from fans and from friends and stuff and I try to represent as much as I can in a good, positive way on our behalf. You know, um, a, 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 as not an elected official, but someone that's gonna twenty four seven carry the metal flag and represent for good uh, of the good of metal. You know, and stoners and people that are big fans of of all that and both those things together. So I try to I try to you know incorporate all that stuff and, and treat all the bands with a lot of love and respect, especially the bands like, that we were talking about earlier, Testament and all these bands, these veteran bands that we grew up with worshiping. And now they're friends and stuff. And you had them on the cover of uh, your magazines and stuff. And uh, they come over to my house for tacos and stuff. It's like (laughs) really, it's really very surreal and and, and crazy. So I, I just, I know that not everybody can do this. And very few people in the world are are lucky and blessed to do that kind of stuff for this music. And so that's why I, I, uh, I do put it out there. I share everything. I'm very open and personable uh, with all with everyone, fans and, and bands. And so uh, I welcome everyone into my house and things like that. So I just hope that all that positivity will just it, – it pays off. And, and treating everybody good, it, sure. it comes back. It's karma. It comes back. And the good energy that you c- put out there comes back at you. And so I realized after 16 years of Sirius XM and – uh, working with afflictions since 2007, like keeping, keeping that positive energy m- moving forward it uh, and, and putting it out there, it comes back and, Absolutely, I, man. and I felt it <laughs> and I feel it and I continue to feel it. So yeah, man. But yeah, sometimes I don't even fucking believe the shit that I do. <laughs> I can't even believe this stuff. And uh, sometimes I'm not very good at documenting the things that I get, you get to do because just for, can't document everything, man. No, it's just hard. I'm trying
1: to get yeah. better with the social media, but I just, you know, I'm in the moment and I don't remember to always take the photo or lo- check in or whatever, you know, I try, I know you're supposed to and, and I try and I do, a, I do an okay job, but I'm not, uh, I'm not diligent about it.
2: It's, it is really hard to keep up with that shit. You yeah. know, uh, some people are like, well, you don't need it. You don't need it. Well, I mean, certain people do need it. Like, yeah. oh, I, you need it. I need yeah. it. I mean, I have to, I use it all the time. Yeah. You know, for good stuff. Uh I give away shit all the time to uh, the followers and stuff and, and on social. And that's just like just I just gave out autographed fucking Corey Taylor stuff and corn stuff and Vinnie Paul stuff just the other week on Octane every night, uh, when I started my new shift on there. And yeah. so um I just love giving stuff out and, and being um a giver. But yeah, I love the freaking yeah. music, man. So I still trip out that I was just hanging with Ozzy and you know, I love to hug him. Yeah, man, get some get some of his uh, Aussie smell on me. You gotta you gotta do
1: me a favor. I gonna you gotta get one of my Metallica vinyls signed for me, man, because uh, I've always wanted to. I've never gotten to meet them, and uh, I've always yeah. wanted to get something signed from them. You gotta help me out with that one.
2: Yeah, that's probably not too hard. I mean, they did a whole thing at SiriusXM New York City recently. I wish I was there. It's kind of crazy that I wasn't there. Uh, first time in. Ever that yeah. Metallica has been up to XM and I wasn't there, so yeah. I, that's that's where I could have got it easily autographed, yeah. you know. But I, well, I will work on it. Fuck that, dude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we, I want to also mention uh, just just so people know that because uh, they can't see you. But um, aside from being a great representative for weed and a great representative for metal and music, you're also uh, an awesome representative for Mexican American yes. community. I mean, Latinos, you are, you are my you are my favorite. Mexican dude That's you're cool. my really? Mexican buddy yeah no dude and your tattoos dude just yeah. the, all the all the native Azteca uh, every, all Aztec my, uh, all my
2: stuff is Azteca I love it it's um, fantastic I'm very very proud to be from the Mexican border I was uh, raised in Douglas Arizona right on the border of Agua Prieta Sonora and my family's from Sonora and then my family before that from Jalisco um, my dad's a French Irish white dude uh, and, and his family's from Ireland and, and from France and Uh, He was born in Chicago, but he was 19 years older than my mom, and my mom was living in Mexico, and he was a Korean War veteran. And, um, yeah, man, uh, when—what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying, sorry. What was it? How your parents— Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. so in in Douglas. So, then, so yeah, so my dad met my mom in Aguapeta, and then uh, I was born in Phoenix but raised on the border. And uh, I think growing up, I didn't— Realize what I had as far as um, all the cool culture and, and absorbing it more. I think I rebelled against it as a kid. I mean, I know I did. I wanted to be the long hair metal guy, and everything was Spanish and novelas and, uh, <laughs> and and Mexican music, and I wanted to go be anti that, you know. And so I pushed hard to be anti. And then when I got to college, I was like, what a fucking dumbass! <laughs> I should have embraced it more. I should have learned Spanish better. And so, and I and I know it fluently but i should i could have been a lot better if i would have gave a shit about it and then i started to really care and then uh i took classes at the university of arizona on chicano studies and i just really got into it and and, uh, i started to realize like that i i can uh where it's a cool community and i and i can be eventually I, i i saw that i can be a good representative for uh latinos uh, in general, and, and especially in, in metal and in music and in rock music. Yeah. And so, yeah, dude, I'm very proud. Every time I say something on the radio, I do it in Spanish. If it needs to be done in Spanish, yeah. uh, make sure I pronounce everything. Uh, I play a lot of Latino metal, especially my favorite band, Puya de Puerto Rico. Hmm. Uh, they're so good. They're the best Latin metal band in the history of the freaking universe, man. They incorporate Puerto Rican mountain music with heavy metal and and freaking percussion and horns and I wow. mean they're they're doing it. You've heard of Puya? I'm not familiar with their music. Pouya, though. No. Puya P U Y A. I don't they think I've on to them. Fest. Oh, okay. uh, They were on Ozfest. Oh okay. They were on Ozfest back in nineteen uh, no 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 uh, 1999 when Slipknot had their okay. debut on Ozfest. Puya right. was on that same second stage right on. Uh, with Slipknot man. So yeah, Puya just so I get to to represent doing that Latino TV show Latin Nation. Uh, that was a real big thing and that's that also. I think was the biggest thing that I did as far as most recognized for uh, the Latino contributions and and being Latino and being able to on TV talk about my uh, heritage and talk about how proud I am to be Mexican-American and all the stuff that I do now. And um, another cool thing about just being super proud of being Mexicano is uh, cooking Uh, tacos, uh, guacamole. And even mm-hmm. just extending it to margaritas and tequila and cervezas, you know, sponsored by Modelo, Bobby. Yeah, you got to uh, hook
1: me up with some of your tequila. We uh, didn't even talk about that. Uh,
2: well, I have some right here, dude. Do you want some right now?
1: <laughs> I got to drive home.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> well, I have some right here. Yeah. We, oh. Um. I mean, just all the stuff, man, all all that. I really it was like, you know, I'm going to embrace this all around. So I'm going I'm going balls out cool. full in. So I'm just going to be I only drink Mexican beer. I only drink tequila. Mm-hmm. I, I make killer tacos for bands, and I won a guacamole championship for five years nice, straight. So, nice.
1: Well, we should mention Jose's tequila, that he's a part owner of his uh, Riazul yes. tequila, it's, which is uh, pretty awesome.
2: gorgeous. It's all over the country. It is, uh, a, a, I'm a big fan of this. I became a big fan. I tasted it in New York City, and then uh, my wife and I just were—it became our favorite tequila. And we're snobs, and we collect tequila and añejos. Uh, anejo is my favorite the dark the ones that's been in the barrels for uh, over a year that's mm-hmm. the anejo and the reposados are the ones that are uh, 6 months to 9 months okay. aged and then the no aged in mm-hmm. barrels straight from the distillery is the uh, from the basically the copper pots is yeah. the blanco or the plata yeah, yeah. the white the clear whatever uh, but those are and I, I sip on uh, the anejo the darker one every day this anejo is 2 years in cognac barrels and it's uh, super smooth, very uh, vanilla. The agave is are grown in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico. Nice. So they're um, the pinas. You lose more of the plants because of the crazy temperature changes, but the 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 piña, the center of the agave plant, not the leaves, but the center part. That's where. Uh, tequila comes from and mezcal yeah. and agave syrup and all that shit it comes from that middle piña but the ones that grow up in the highlands are sweeter and that's
1: um, so what is the difference between mezcal and tequila technically uh,
2: tequila is it's the way that after you break up the agave piña uh, you, uh, you, you 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 cut it up into, into smaller chunks and then that chunks go through a processor that's grinded up and then it's grinded up and then uh, you can take that grinded up stuff, um, and then I think they, yeah, they grind grind it up, and tequila goes to a high pressure cooker with like steam, oh, and okay. so and, and and then so it, it and then it's um, all the agave comes out, and then you get that all the you wet it, you you heat heat it for high temperature, super high temperature with steam. And then it, all that steamed out stuff goes down the, the conveyor belt and then it gets smashed <laughs> yeah. in, in to, to squeeze the, all the juice yeah. out of the pieces. And you know, all that juice, that's that juice that comes out. That's the agave. That's the agave nectar. That's what they make. They make a, it's, it's, it's a natural sweetener. Right. But then from there, it goes, uh, this is tequila, it goes to for get the fermentation. For fermentation yeah. And that's what happens. Right. But for mezcal, after you crush it, instead of heating up in, in high pressure uh, vapor, it's uh, smoked in oh. big uh, with uh, it's put on like uh, usually kind of underground and like and uh, it's like very earthy and so they bake it oh, okay. uh, and so it's a it's like a more of a charcoal baked earthy flavor, whereas tequila goes through the the high pressured steam. So oh. it's the same shit. So there you go. Right on. A long explanation because well, I'm high. <laughs> fucking asked me a hard-ass right, question. Well, well, I'm all we're, big, dude. We're, we're definitely way
1: <laughs> over our normal time, but that's quite all right. Uh, we've been really having a lot of fun uh, bullshitting with Jose Mangan here. Uh, hope you guys have been having as much fun as we are. Hope you guys are as high as we are. But uh, I guess it's time to uh, sign off now. But thanks uh, so much, Jose, for uh, course, brother, dude. sitting down and, and having a chat with us today. We appreciate it. And uh, tell everybody where they can find you online and what they should check out.
2: Yeah, at Jose Mangin, J O S E M A N G I N. I'm on there, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Beyond Jose on Facebook. Yeah, man, uh, those are the kind of the main things that I do. And I'm on the radio every day, weekdays, uh, from uh, I guess Eastern time. I'll say West Coast time because I like that because that's where I live. That's where I I'm we on, are. yeah. From, <laughs> I'm on from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Sirius XM, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Liquid Metal, Channel 40. And 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific Time on Octane, Sirius XM Channel 37. So uh, those are my two baby channels. Those are my ones that I've been with since the beginning. And uh, now I'm on every weekday on those channels.
1: Awesome, man. Well, if you guys have Sirius, I'm sure you already know who Jose is. But if you uh, if you're, have the money and you want to, check it out. Sirius is pretty awesome. It's an awesome uh
2: you can also listen online, get it for your phone if you don't drive or whatever. You can. It's like a lower subscription fee, but it is a subscription thing a month. But All the music channels are commercial-free, and uh, we have 180-plus channels. Yeah. NFL, Howard Stern, the whole freaking night.
1: It's years. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's for
2: a lot of Latino channels. A lot of stuff, it's pretty great, man. So
1: cool. Well we look forward to uh following all your cool stuff you have going on and you and I are probably gonna have some cool stuff going on yes, together sir. in the near future, which yes, we'll sir. tell you more about later. Yes, but sir. thanks again so so much for joining us. No Jose. problem.
0: Yeah, Bobby Black. All Keep on lazy. Bobby. It's been great to be on the show today. <laughs> I'm really fucking grateful to your friendship and all this time together, <laughs> you hey, I just wanna thank all you. Please go out there and decriminalize this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: and that's gonna wrap it up for this edition of blazing you can find more information about jose and all his cool projects on our facebook page facebook.com slash with bobby black don't forget to follow me on social media twitter at bobby black facebook and instagram at bobby black 420 big thanks to all of you for tuning in and toking up with us once again until next time this is bobby black saying blaze on brothers
0: and sisters yeah.